Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's from Mary This Eagle Eyes on Tech. I, Meagle Falcon. We have a lot to talk about today, including the importance of making sure your hard drives are nice and clean and have a lot of space right before you start recording. We totally didn't have about 15 to 20 minutes worth of podcast recorded and ready to go and then had it all completely wasted and corrupted because the hard drive capped out. That definitely didn't happen, but is, but hypothetically, if it did happen, which it totally didn't, it is a very important lesson as to why you should go ahead and make sure you are taking good care of your hard drives. It's also a good lesson to know that, in fact, Intel Alder Lake has had its BIOS source code leaked online. Yes, my friends, it is another leak. It is another bit of important info that should have never gotten out, that has now been gotten out. The close to six gigabyte of source code for the Alder Lake BIOS has been leaked out on everyone's favorite internet scapegoat. No, not Alex Jones. Um, 4chan, it is available on 4chan, assuming OP hasn't deleted it already. But the fact that it actually is out there is an issue. For instance, of course, now you have the base code that most people wouldn't be able to get access to. For the most part, to the average person, this isn't going to mean a whole lot. Let's be perfectly honest. It just means that those sort of funny named hardware vulnerabilities, Spectre, Meltdown, Cash Out, all the other ones you completely forgot about, those sort of things can be discovered much faster on Alder Lake. Security experts are already going through and investigating and inspecting the BIOS code right now to try and see if they can find any security vulnerabilities, report them, and have them be patched. But right now, it is, um, it just is what it is. For the average person, this isn't going to mean much. In fact, for most of you, it's not going to mean anything. These sort of vulnerabilities, as I continue to say over and over and over and over again, the primary target of them is going to be huge enterprise-grade data centers. That is the primary target. That is something to always keep in mind. The average the average Joe Schmo out there, you or me, we're not the targets. Even I'm not the target, despite the fact I have, you know, a small little data rack center over there in the uh, dining room. I'm not the target. There's far, far bigger fish to catch with that sort of thing. It will affect us, however... If any of the fixes for any sort of vulnerabilities that may exist would result in a patch that hinders performance. Because nobody wants to go ahead and buy a shiny new processor and find out you lose 20% of the performance right off the bat. How would you like that? Buy a new sports car, be really happy it does 0 to 60 in 2 seconds, then find out there's an update later to stop it from exploding and now your 0 to 60 is now 3.4. You'd be a little, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be a little annoyed, just a little annoyed. That was probably a bad example because nobody really cares about that sort of thing for the most part. You know what people really do care about though? If your phone can't dial 911 or whatever your emergency number is, depending on wherever you are in the world. And in fact, the Pixel 6 has a bug where in fact, it cannot dial emergency services. In fact, if you try to dial emergency services, what will end up happening is the phone will enter emergency call mode 
and will then be unable to make any calls whatsoever. Cool. It's so fantastic. What a great bug. Isn't that what you want in your phone? That when you need it the most, it just doesn't do anything? The worst part about this sort of thing, and I regret not actually mentioning this when we were doing the previous recording that totally didn't happen, that in fact, this isn't the first time a Pixel phone has had some kind of very strange but catastrophic bug that makes it virtually unusable in very specific circumstances. And I just wanna know, Google, this is your phone. You make the operating system, you make Android. This is literally you making the hardware and the software. How does it fail harder than the other Android phone makers who have to deal with your hardware and then make, or deal with your software and then make the hardware to be compatible with that? How are they doing a better job than you? And this is a serious question. How do you mess this up this badly? Well, I'll give Google at least this much. They did say the right thing, that they are in fact taking this very seriously and are working for an immediate fix. That's not their exact wording, of course, but it, 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 that's the gist of it. And quite frankly, if they said anything else, they would be in a metric, metric load of hot freaking water, both with the general public and governmental forces equally. Because quite frankly, let's be perfectly honest here for a minute. Um, yeah, you can't do that. That's not in compliance with anything. And the last thing you want is a phone that just doesn't do the thing it's supposed to do at all. I mean, how would you like it if your phone in the middle of a tornado, not tell you that there's a tornado? I can say I've had that happen to me now at a very spontaneous pop-up tornado system here in Wisconsin. No watch, just instant warning. Everyone else in the office depot, including the guy, the coworker I was training that day, we don't work at an office depot. We were getting supplies from the office depot, but I digress. He had a dumb phone, a dumb uh, flip phone, bare basic. He got the alert before I did. I got it 10 minutes after everyone else in the store did. Just all I can do is just shake my head at that. You just can't have that. And that sort of, that moment alone is having me reconsider the carrier I have and the phone entirely. So you just can't have that. But I will give it this. At least it's not the new iPhone that went ahead and automatically triggers emergency calls if you're on a roller coaster. I'm not going to lie. This one amuses me so much. So when the iPhone 14 was announced and they kind of had their very oddly ominous theme of the Apple keynote be by Apple, it will save your life. So if you don't buy Apple, you might as well literally be dead. It was a very odd kind of tone that Apple set in their keynote. And that was all about like the crash detection and the GPS, this, that, and the other thing. All these algorithms and machine learning to go ahead and do early detection for any kind of life-threatening emergency. The big one they were pushing was in fact, car crash detection. And I... I don't know if I actually said it on Eagle Eyes on Tech or not, or if it, even on the early bird briefing, but I've always said, I have a bad feeling anytime anyone says machine learning and algorithms, because that's another fancy way of saying the computer is guessing whether you have been in a crash or not. Well, guess what? If you're on a roller coaster, apparently 
that's enough to make the phone assume you've been in a car crash. And in fact, we'll dial emergency services. And of course, because the whole thing is automated, what ends up happening is that the phone itself will send like a text-to-speech sort of voice to emergency services with all the information regarding the crash because the whole thing is automated and assumes that you are unconscious. Unconscious? Unconscious? I said that wrong, and I'm not sure. You get the point. They assume that you're passed out because of the crash. That's the whole point of the system. But in this particular instance, with a automatic message send being triggered by a roller coaster, you instead now have your GPS coordinates said to lo- sent to local authorities only to find out you butt-dialed them, basically. It is unclear at this time, mostly because I don't think any te- tech journalists actually look deeper into this, if the people that uh, had this happen to them were fined at all, or if any kind of municipalities are going after Apple right now saying, hey, you need to fix this. You need to fix this right freaking now because we cannot have our emergency services tied up with people going to frickin' amusement parks. Apple, of course, hasn't said anything yet, but of course, Apple's always slow to answer these sort of things. In other news regarding machine learning and other assumptions of your life, Twitter will automatically know if you've taken a screenshot with your phone and ask, hey, do you wanna share that? Ah, yes, Twitter. What a great feature you've launched. After years of not innovating at all, you're now instead gonna have the Twitter app bother us like some kind of younger brother wanting to get involved with anything that you're doing at that very instance. Except this is actually way worse because it's basically just creeping in on you at every single moment and there's no way to get rid of it. Do I need to say that this is a bad idea? I get where Twitter's coming from, but this is a terrible idea. And before anyone wants to go ahead and try to blame Elon Musk for this, the deal hasn't gone through yet. This is just the old guard. And quite frankly, I could care less who did it. They're bad and needs to be scolded. No, no, bad. I just got to say, it's very important when anyone does anything bad, you call out the correct bad actors. That's actually going to be an ongoing theme in today's episode too, by actually sheer accident. But in the meantime, we're going to be going through the theme of, you know, the future is looking very old. Like, I want you to think about this for a minute. 10 years ago, what did you think the future was going to hold? We thought smartphones would probably get smarter, more capable. And in fact, in that regard, yeah, they absolutely have. We thought computers were going to get more powerful and more powerful and possibly more efficient. Only one of those two things have happened. We thought webcams would improve. Boy, we showed ourselves wrong there. But I don't think any of us thought that um, VR being where it is right now would be on the list. Like, wouldn't you have thought even six, seven years ago, we'd be further along the VR space than we are now. Like right now, VR as it stands and its capability seems several steps backwards. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're trying to get this to run on lower wattage hardware so that it's cheaper and more accessible to people. But in the end, they're sacrificing so much on quality that there's just no reason to get into it. And quite frankly, more and more people, even at Meta, are starting to point out just how painful it is that Facebook, the company now known as Meta, is trying to push so hard 
for the metaverse and is not making a very compelling argument for why the metaverse matters. This seems to also just be a pattern in general when it comes to a lot of emerging tech, like cryptocurrency, for instance. The whole point of cryptocurrency was in fact to make a decentralized way of tracking electronic payments and creating an electronic payment system that would not have a, cent a central point of interference and thus be more stable. That was the original goal of cryptocurrency. How well has that worked? Instead, they've gone to several different centralized points, it being a haven for scam artists and rampant fraud everywhere with zero interest in trying to solve the problem. In fact, almost all gurus in cryptocurrency in general just seem to be focused on their own greed. And this is a problem that very few crypto enthusiasts are willing to even acknowledge exists. But it doesn't change the fact it does. Let's look at the metaverse, for instance. Why would I hold an office meeting in VR when I could call them up on the phone? Well, in VR, you can make eye contact with them. Look, I don't know about you, but making eye contact with a very janky model of Kermit the Frog does not replace being able to talk to someone in a professional business environment. It just doesn't. Well, you can own virtual property. Okay, and then what? Virtual. You can go ahead and create infinite property. We've already seen this in M MMOs. They're called instances. You can make an instance of an area infinitely at least until the server gets overloaded. Like it really does come off more and more and more as a handful of high-end business execs seeing the future as VR and just cannot explain to anyone else why it is the future. And it's actually starting to cause some disconsent within Meta. And if you have people at Meta unable to even figure out and put into words why the metaverse needs to exist, why it should, should exist, why it should be allowed to exist. What's the future of your company? You're doing this massive push and no one cares when even your executives and the employees, the people that are actually like in charge of trying to push this all out, say that your, your flagship, your primary metaverse app is too buggy and they rarely ever use it. What chance do you have? And by the way, the picture I love, and everyone's reusing this picture, is the selfie that Mark Zuckerberg took inside the flagship Metaverse app, Horizon Worlds, where I just cannot believe they were dumb enough to put this out. I still, I still say, look, everyone was talking about how GTA 6 looked bad because the leaked pictures were just developer footage with no textures or anything. That still looked better. Then the photo Mark Zuckerberg put out actually showing off Horizon Worlds. I can't get over that they, they willingly put that out, but it can't be that bad, right? It's a few rogue employees. It's a, it's a few dissenters. It can't be that bad, right? Average active users, 38 on Horizon Worlds. That's it. Some people are questioning the number, but I have no reason to doubt it. Other than the fact that that's hilariously low. 38. That's all you have on at a time. I used to long ago run a little private server of Ragnarok Online. 
I ran that thing for a long time. And it was just for me and a couple of friends. If we actually put effort in that, we could have very easily hit 40, 50 users. And in fact, at one time we had 50 users on at a time. And that was with one server on a home internet line. You're investing billions of dollars into this metaverse concept and all you can get is 40 active users on at a time? This is like the exact opposite of Google. In fact, what is it with tech companies and not knowing when to hold them and when to fold them? Facebook, you need to kind of look at this and say, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, it's folding time. Google, every single time they have a, they have a chance to kill something and fold, they fold. Google would be dealt two aces in Texas Hold'em and fold. Facebook would be dealt a deuce and a seven, the worst possible combination, and roll with it. You just can't make this stuff up, man. Now, I've seen some other people try to defend this and say, no, 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 no. It has 8,000 people, 8,000. This is fine. No, that, that, that 38, that very oddly specific number, it's not that. It's 8,000, this nice even number. All right, let's pretend for a minute it is 8,000. You have any idea how hilariously small that is? How many active users are on World of Warcraft right now? I guarantee you the number is five or six digits. Most likely six. How many active users are on Final Fantasy XIV right now? Again, high fives, low four digit, or low uh, six digits. 8,000? Terra had 8,000. You know what happened to Terra? Another game that graphically is more appeasing to look at than the metaverse? That had about 8,000. And Terra's dead. Because that's not sustainable. I am telling you, this, the fact that the metaverse is trying to just push this on and trying to make this a big, big, big deal, it is going to be the death of it. This is, this is going to be known as one of the biggest boondoggles, especially since, let me tell you what one of their latest, greatest features are. Are you ready for this? What do you think the latest and greatest feature from the metaverse is? What do you think it is? updated graphics, new ways to interact with people, a whole new economy and trading system, something to get the whole thing going. Oh no, the newest teased feature is legs. Legs, that's your newest feature is legs. The cruddy little homebrew freaking private server I had had legs. You know what's even better? The people in the background do not have legs and are all using very super candy motes like they're freaking like they're just npcs there and you know what's even better you know what's even better it's a demo this is another instance of the metaverse putting their best foot forward this this is their a game this is their a game with hollywood with with like hollywood magic all of the imperfections hidden away to add it all up someone in chat just sent me over a an article in regards to exactly this, where in fact, the whole thing was even more of a lie than it even looked because the capturing of it was done according to Kotaku with professional motion capture, which would also explain why only two models had any kind of leg movement whatsoever. I mean, if the Kotaku is right, this is super bad. Even if Kotaku is wrong, this is still bad because your demo still missed a whole lot of points but you know it's okay it's the future so what if the future looks like a massive step backwards it's all gonna get more affordable it's okay it's okay everyone this is just growing pains 
everything's going to get way, way, way more affordable. So this is just this is just the cost of of accessibility to more and more people. The MetaQuest Pro is currently on pre-order for fifteen hundred dollars. That is actually more than the Valve Index, which is currently the gold standard in PC VR tech. That is not in a closed ecosystem. I don't even care what the features are. Do you? Who here cares what the features are in this thing? Let's quickly go over all the features. Um, let's 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 see what they all are. Um, 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 um. You can work in the virtual world. That's not new. Um, you can collaborate in mixed reality. That's not new. Uh, you can immerse yourself in the creative process. Okay, that's also not new. Um, you can build a living room in your living room. That's not new. Um, you can. Um, even if you're across the feel like you're across the t that's also not new the ultimate wearable technology buzzword look more buzzwords um you can multitask okay that's not new um uh uh this isn't me going through some other third-party site that wants to rip on meta this is literally from meta.com slash quest slash quest pro it literally cannot make a good sales pitch for why you should pre-order this $15,000 headset. I'm sorry, $1,500 headset, not 15,000. For the average person, 1,500, 15,000, it might as well be the same thing. It's still unreachable. And I'll just tell you this right now. If you're contemplating 1,500 for a headset, don't get the MetaQuest Pro, get the Valve Index. You know, the one that actually like is tested and not locked into Facebook's stupid walled garden if you're really going to spend that much. Or if you want something more accessible, heck, there are multiple different, um, there's multiple different uh, VR headsets for various game consoles. PSVR, for example, like someone mentioned in the chat. It would be one thing, and someone, said, someone in chat said, hey, in before it would give, give the world what it wanted with VR. It'd be one thing if, it's, if it did, you know, anything to pitch that. This entire sales pitch was about as descriptive in what it did as Binge Pipe. And Binge Pipe was a fake streaming service. But of course, I mean, anyone can be suckered into doing anything stupid, right? I mean, Microsoft got suckered into working with Meta to bring Teams, Office, and wi Windows, and the Xbox to VR. So there's that. Because that's what I want in VR. Because when I put on a headset and want to escape reality... I want to go into a virtual world where I can continue to work. Isn't that what everyone wants in their VR? To bring the real hellscape they currently live in into their virtual play space? Oh, maybe this is a sign that I'm just getting old. Maybe this is just a sign that I just don't get it. Maybe people really do want to go ahead and put on a bulky headset and try to actually do a nine to five office job in a VR space while wearing sweaty goggles and doing everything with, and try to write out a paper with a controller instead of, you know, a keyboard and mouse like a normal person. Maybe I just don't get it. I got a feeling though, that I'm not wrong. Someone in chat says, I see the problem. We haven't replaced you with a pod person lizard that, that does upper management. Ah, yes, that's the problem. I mean, I'll tell you this much. We're absolutely at my workplace, not going to be embracing VR to get our job done. Mostly because, you know, we're a production plant. But that's not stopping some places, because remember how uh, 
Remember how HoloLens by Microsoft, that thing that almost no, that you forgot about most likely? Remember how the army was going to be using those? It was going to help for combat? From Ars Technica, U.S. Army soldiers felt ill while testing Microsoft's HoloLens-based headset. Future! Future! <laughs> oh, yeah. You see how I, how, what I meant by um, the future is looking backwards? I got a feeling this is the exact opposite effect you're looking for in your soldiers to have them get a little bit more info while in the field and then feel nauseous in life or death combat. Great trade-off. Great trade-off. 10 out of 10 would recommend. But of course, Microsoft most likely has plans for this, right? It's just something they have to work out. The HoloLens team says they have no roadmap to speak of. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess they got their uh, their their government paycheck for uh, for a trial out with uh, for the military. Uh, cut their losses, bail out, and say, "I'm sorry, we tried." LOL. We'll see all that goes for them. You just can't make this up. You just can't make this up. But you know what? At least Microsoft can go ahead and make up any kind of lost revenue with one simple to method, right? Because in the end, Microsoft has two basic bread and butters creating operating systems and releasing new versions of Microsoft Office every two years that give very minor updates to the Office suite and have tons of offices by hundreds of license for every single computer there is. Or you know, they could just take a page out of every single mobile games playbook and just make it a, a subscription service. Microsoft Office is officially retiring after 30 years. The concept of buying Office software once and just using it is now dead from Microsoft. The only thing that exists now is Microsoft 365, where you pay a monthly subscription to go ahead and use a web-based version of Microsoft Office. Because you know what? If the Chromebook version of doing Office work is good enough for, good enough for scrubs, it should be good enough for the professionals. What a great future we live in. A future where if you're not online, you can't get work done. If there's an internet outage, you can't get work done. If there's any kind of problem, you're out in the middle of nowhere and want to quickly get get some stuff stuff done, well, you're doomed. I was going to say something else with some other expletives, but nope, that's just, that's just it. Traveling on the road? Nope, no office work for you. Want to get some basic budgeting done in a quick spreadsheet? Nope, not for you. I'll say this much. So glad that my own office runs 100% on open office. Although as other, as someone in the chat messaged, as many other people mentioned me, LibreOffice is also another great option. I tried it once and it didn't play nice, but it's my experience ver versus like dozens upon dozens of other voices. I have a hard time imagining that many people and a lot of them I do trust their opinion on are wrong. So you have two options. So I will say, do not use OpenOffice's database software. I've had that glitch on me too many times and lost important data that way. But yeah, isn't the future looking great? Look at how far we're advancing in the future. I mean, heck, think about the future of gaming computers. They must be just amazingly efficient powerhouses, right? Right? I mean, we've talked enough about work, about the future of work. What about the future of gaming? Ladies and gentlemen, the, the Chromebooks that are built for gaming from Acer, Asus, and Lenovo, which includes such amazing features as a super cheap RGB keyboard 
that is zone-based instead of individual key-based. And, um, kinda high refresh rate screens. And enough CPU power to run solitaire locally and not much else. Not that it matters, because you can't run any of that locally. The only way these things can game, even though Steam came to the Chromebook, is by going to the cloud. This is even more of a scam than Chromebooks already are. Like, okay, I have ripped on Chromebooks a lot in this podcast, all right? I still stand by my statement. Unless you are required by your school or whatever to get a Chromebook, you should not get a Chromebook. If anything, get a used Chromebook because you can grab a used Chromebook for less than 50 bucks. And I'm not even exaggerating. Even from a, even from a, I need a Chromebook standpoint, this is so much of a scam because these things cost between $400 and $800 new. Like $400 is already considered high for a Chromebook. Like Chromebooks are usually around two and $300 new. $400 you're being scammed because none of the compute is being done on these machines. These machines only have Core i3s and Core i5s on them. Not i7s, not i9s, there's no discrete GPU. It is literally stock Intel i3, i5 SOCs. The entire system's on that one chip, integrated GPU. RAM, bare basic. Storage, it doesn't matter, it's a Chromebook. It has enough storage to hold the base operating system. I can give a few instances where it makes sense to get a Chromebook, but very, very few, and there's usually still a better option. There is literally zero reason to buy these. Because here's the spoiler for you. In the world of cloud gaming, the high-end compute is done in the cloud. If all you're doing is you is using these for cloud gaming, it'll perform equally on this Chromebook, on one of these gaming Chromebooks, on a new Chromebook that you just bought for 200 bucks, on the $30 special Chromebook palette that my buds over in over in uh, Southeast Wisconsin can't get rid of because no one wants to go ahead and buy a $20 Chromebook. Or if you went ahead and tried to play it on a toaster, on a literal toaster, they will play at the exact same performance because all the compute is done not on the device. It is done somewhere else. (sighs) I have said friends don't let friends buy Chromebooks. I think even the pro Chromebook crowd that just wants to troll me and and watch me get ranty about how Chromebooks are the worst thing to blight the computer space in a long, long time will agree with me on this. This is a literal scam, not a metaphorical one, not a, oh, it's a ripoff. This is just, no, no, don't get this. Okay, maybe the $400 one if you just want to show off at school. But if you spend $800 on a gaming Chromebook, just, just hand off your, hand off your uh, credit and debit card to your significant other. You, you have lost purchasing privileges. That's it. it it's over. It's over. You, 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 you no longer are allowed to buy things. You have made you have made such a poor financial decision that it's just like it's over. Just, just, just no, don't don't do this. This this is not the future. Maybe it'll be the future in 30, 40 years when all gaming requires a two thousand watt GPU and you physically can't have one in your in your one twenty volt house. But right here, no, it is not going to happen here. So why don't we finally take a break? Now that I've given you a peek into the future. And let's talk about the present. Because the present has some very, very interesting things like Intel's NUC system, their ultra small portable 
computer um, getting about as big as a full-size tower. We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so during the break, we had a number of distractions, but um, the most important one by far was, in fact, the MetaQuest 2, or I'm sorry, the MetaQuest Pro, and finding the tech specs page. Oh, yes. They do actually try to upsell this, this thing. This $1,500 headset, the headset that should outperform the Valve Index as far as quality and performance. So what kind of great specs do they offer for this? Well, for their comfort, they just offer, quote, world-class counterbalance ergonomics meets slim design to create more more comfortable headset, period. That's very technical specs there you're giving me there. We also have transformative mixed reality, full color mixed reality with resolution four times higher compared to Quest 2, lets you work to create collaborate and collaborate in the virtual world while staying present in the physical world. You notice how these tech specs don't provide any technical detail at all? Natural expression, real-time expression tracking allows your avatar to mimic your facial expressions expression, smiles, eyebrow raises, winks, and all. Again, we're not seeing any sort of actual technical details. We're just seeing some platitudes. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you actually had real-time expression tracking while wearing a headset, isn't that something you'd want to put on, like, the overview? MetaQuest Touch Pro controllers includes three cameras and a Snapdragon 662 mobile processor per controller for a 360 degree range of motion in your virtual space, true touch, haptic feedback, and precision pinch rate to create more intuitive VR feel. So far, we've had one technical spec, the Snapdragon 662 in each controller. We're not going to tell you anything about that specific Snapdragon 662. We're not going to tell you what they clocked it at, if they undervolted it, overvolted it, or whatever. Because there's a whole lot of things you can do to a processor, but you know what? There you go. You have one process you can look at and hope that you can get the technical details from that. So, so far, out of four points, we have one half of a technical spec. One half! Next Gen Optics. You'll, and by the way, I am reading this verbatim. I forgot to mention that. I am reading this verbatim off the technical specs page. I am not ad-libbing. I am not generalizing. I am reading it per betum off the page. Next generation optics. You'll immediately notice better visual clarity. We slimmed down the optical slack by over 40% compared to the Quest 2 using our innovative patented pancake lens and optics technology, which works by folding light inside the Optical module, advanced VR LCD display that provides 37% greater pixels per inch and 1.3 larger color gamut that provides more vibrant colors to deliver a more engaging VR 
experience. You noticed how none of that was actually technical specs. Apple gives you more technical specs and they are the king of saying 2X better than, I don't know, something. High performance hardware. Oh, they, they can't mess this up, right? With great hardware, 10 advanced VR MR sensors, spatial audio, 256 gig storage, 12 gigabytes of RAM, and a Snapdragon XR2 Plus processor delivers 50% more power for better performance. We got two. We have two technical specs. Not very detailed technical specs, but we have it. We finally, finally, five bullet points. No, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six bullet points in these technical specs. We have two and a half technical specs. Do I need to read any more? I'll just, I'll give you the spoilers right now. There, there are no more technical specs on this page. The only technical specs you actually get is storage and RAM. No, I don't consider the processor model anymore. I don't consider the processor model technical specs because there's so much you can do to the processor. Yeah, we run the latest Snapdragon XR2 Plus. We only feed 2.5 watts into it, but you know, you, you don't need technical specs. I'm sorry, but if you expect me to swallow this $1,500 pill, you need to provide details. Every other tech company provides details. Apple provides details. Like that's what slays me the most. I can go to Apple and the iPhone for tickle details and I'm gonna get but more tickle details. In fact, here, let's do it right now. Let's go to the iPhone, shall we? All right, we start out right off the bat. Right off the bat, the colors. Um, We got their names for the colors. All right, that's not really a technical detail. Capacity, we got the capacity right off the bat. All right, that's betting one for one for two. Next, size and weight. We actually get the we actually get the exact dimensions and the weight, two for three. Display, we get the actual screen size and the pixels per inch. That was a detail that was oddly missing, huh? All right, three for four. And even more details such as, you know, your contrast ratio and whatnot. I mean, granted, Apple does just give us a general broad overview of what the A15 Bionic can do with a six core CPU, two performance cores, four efficiency cores, five, five core GPU and 16 core neural engine, which doesn't really tell us a whole lot, but you know what? It's more details than I got from Meta. I'm just saying, when even Apple gives more tech specs than your tech specs page, you might have something to hide. <sighs> just, just shake my head. All right, let's talk about the uh, the Intel NUC. The Intel NUC, or NUC as we continue to call it, has been an ongoing project of Intel's in which they create a ultra compact, small form factor Intel powered PC that is as a bare bones system and you bring the rest of the components, usually being the storage and RAM. And this actually, to anyone who has never heard of a bare bones system before, this sounds like some kind of weird, strange highway robbery sort of thing, but this is actually very common in the PC space. Way more common than you'd think. So what's the problem with the NUC this time? Well, last year, Intel introduced a very interesting NUC in which they had a power supply, a mini board that had two PCI Express slots in it, and in one of the PCI Express slots went what they called a compute node, which was basically a laptop board that slotted in and did pretty much all the thinking for, it was basically the whole computer. In the other slot could go a full-size graphic card. It was actually a very interesting concept, though it started getting a little too big. Before the NUCs were able to compare 
with a Mac Mini as far as size. Now, oddly enough, the Mac Mini has actually gotten pretty big compared to what it used to be, but it is what it is. So the new Nook actually debuted, oddly enough, at TwitchCon. One of the few interesting things to actually come out of TwitchCon, oddly enough. And, um, well, if you told me this was a Nook, I wouldn't believe you. This thing is the size of a standard tower. This, this thing was, this thing is massive. So in it, they have a compute module that has gotten a fair bit bigger because they decided to go ahead and attach a bigger heatsink to it. The whole compute module is now the size of a graphic card, which doesn't seem like a bad idea until you realize you still got to figure out a way to get a power supply in there to power it all. And now the slot for the GPU is now big enough to handle a triple slot GPU, which is now becoming much more common. Thanks, NVIDIA, by the way. Super stoked about the GPUs that are big enough to um, make me wonder if they're going to fit in my car. Okay, they're not quite that bad, but they're pretty bad. Like, no jo no joke. I know we're, we are not talking about it yet, but there are actually a number of uh, RTX 4090s that are actually out there. Actual things you can actually get that are not a concept that are big enough. You have to contemplate whether it actually will fit in your case or not, even if you have a standard case. Like, I have, uh, I have two workstations here, which are very, very, very standard size cases. Like they are built to like every standard possible because that's what workstations are built to be. They're built to be standard high-end systems. The 49s wouldn't fit. They just wouldn't. They're too long. But getting back to the point of the, of the Nook, what do you gain from this? Like seriously, we're now getting to the point where this thing is big enough to be the size of a standard computer tower. What is the point? Right now, we just don't know. This is just something that Intel has shown off. They always kind of have these crazy concept sort of things. I don't think the value is there. Previous NUCs have always been a bit more expensive because it's a high amount of compute and a small form factor. This is not a small form factor. Now, what other people have shown off from TwitchCon, unfortunately, I couldn't find an article of it, is Intel showed a home-built gaming PC that what it did do is have one of these compute modules plugged into the home-built gaming PC and have that compute module be the streaming PC inside the gaming PC. Using an integrated ARC GPU as the encoder and just having the HDMI pass through through the compute unit, drawing off the 75 watts of the, of the PCI Express slot to go ahead and do everything. That, not gonna lie, fascinating. And I do wonder if that's gonna get out of the concept phase that they showed off. Judging by the fact I can't find articles of it anymore, either shows that A, the tech media is really, really boring, or B, that Intel is very quickly 86ing the project. All right, let's actually talk about the RTX 3090. So the RTX 3090, its independent reviews have gone up and in fact are now available for purchase. You can now actually get your hands on a, did I say 3090? I meant a 4090. I am probably gonna do that a lot more than I want to admit. So the 4090 is available. We're seeing prices anywhere from $1,700 to $2,000. I'm not too surprised. I expect the price to go down simply because it seems more and more people are waiting before they buy. And um, here's something we noticed about the specs of the 4090. The 4090 actually performs better than what a lot of people expected. It actually is, it, it actually is like noticeably better. Okay, 
compared to a 3090 and a 3080 Ti, it is roughly anywhere between 50% faster to, to double the performance. What's far more interesting is the power draw. NVIDIA on their own site said the TDP was 650 watts. That is what they said specifically on their site that I am bringing up right now to confirm that I didn't just pull, pull that number out of my butt. They now actually corrected it on their site. They now correct it to what it actually is. People are seeing it's only drawing between 425 watts and 450 watts. But I do remember that initially it was a 600 something. That's the far more fascinating thing is the fact that the power draw is nowhere near as bad as what was initially being said, but they didn't want to say anything. And as someone in chat is pointing out, it is still a lot. But considering the fact we are bracing for 600 watts, that we are bracing for, holy cow, this thing is going to go ahead and pop breakers. That's not horrendous. And the other thing to consider, this is the second most powerful GPU NVIDIA is going to make in this stack. This is the worst case scenario. This is the Halo product. This is going to be the GPU that only the most, most well-off or highest-end systems are ever going to see. And quite frankly, this is the overkill product. The only people who are going to buy this are going to be content creators that want to go ahead and show off just how much they could push a game to being as pretty as possible with third-party add-ons like, uh, like post-processing and whatnot, or professionals that need a whole lot of GPU compute, or idiots who just want to say, I have a 30, I have a 4090 in my system. Yeah. A lot of people are actually more complaining about the connectors that are using the PCI Express Gen 5 cables that are super fragile. Fortunately, third parties are already making more durable versions of these PCI Express Gen 5 cables. Most people wouldn't recommend doing this. However, there is a far bigger win in the world of NVIDIA, okay? The 4090 is, you know, it is what it is. The bigger win, though, is the fact that people are reporting very short lines at the pre-order launches for these 4090s. That, I feel, is far better. Because we always say, vote with your wallet, vote with your wallet. Well, a lot of people are voting with their wallet by not showing up. Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. I do want to also point out for the 4090 that... um. It will, in fact, have a lot of support for 4K gaming and whatnot because it has that much uh, power under the hood. But still uses DisplayPort 1.6 instead of DisplayPort 2.0. Also, it's only PCI Express Gen 4. Your almost $2,000 card is not using the latest standards. How much future-proofing is that? You think they heard me? But you know what a far bigger win is? The next cards to launch in the NVIDIA product stack is the RTX 4080 and the RTX 4080. What was infuriating about this is that one 4080 is the 16 gigabyte model and the other is the 12 gigabyte model. And the 12 gigabyte model is a radically weakened GPU compared to the 16 gig model. This was literally an instance of NVIDIA trying to BS its consumers into thinking that the 12 gig that the only difference between these two is the RAM, when in fact they are two much different GPUs. They are two completely different products. And we have been very vocal in saying to NVIDIA, we're not stupid. We see you trying to BS us. We're not happy. This is offensive. And it is. 
this whole kerfuffle with the 4080 and the 4080 is an insult. And considering the fact you already lost EVGA, your number one GPU board partner, because they didn't want to work with you, this makes things even worse. And I have to imagine that this was part of the reason that EVGA left. And I want you to remember this. I want you to remember that NVIDIA tried to just lie to your face and put in deceptive advertising directly to every single one of your faces. But I will give NVIDIA credit. They do deserve a little bit of a good job. They admitted defeat. NVIDIA is officially unlaunching the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte model. That GPU, which was effectively the 4070, but they didn't want to call it the 4070, will no longer launch on November 16th. Instead, only the 4080 16 gigabyte model will now launch, thus throwing all of their board partners into chaos as they are now preparing these 4080s with 12 gigabytes of RAM on them and had all the boxes ready to go, but now canceled the launch a little over a month to go before it went. Simply because, quote, as they say here in their press announcement, the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte, excuse me, the RTX 4080 12 gigabyte is a fantastic card, but it's not named right. Having two GPUs with the 4080 designation is confusing. So we're pressing the pressing the unlaunch button on the 4080 12 gigabyte. The 4080 16 gigabyte is an amazing and on track to delight gamers everywhere on November 16th. If the red lines are on the around the block or enthusiasm for the 4080 any occasion, the reception for 4080 will be awesome. That is their impressive announcement. You know what this is? This is their, th- by the way, this is directly from NVIDIA's site. This is their ex- this is their direct press announcement. I'm not exaggerating when I say this is literally NVIDIA admitting defeat. We caught them. We called them out. We expressed how angry we were. We got them. And they caved and decided against doing their deceptive, scummy, pathetic, offensive marketing strategy of trying to launch two 4080s and assume we wouldn't be able to tell the difference between one that was the true 4080 that actually matched the specs and the other that was 10% less of a card with the same name. Yeah, it was that drastic, by the way. 10% less almost across the board. Cut down GPU die, cut down bandwidth, cut down shader cores, cut down RTX cores, obviously cut down RAM. It was not a 4080. Not by a long shot. So at least we can say that. We can declare victory in the name of actual decent consumer support. A bone was thrown to the crypto mining community. A bone was thrown to the cryptocurrency community with the light hash limit or the light hash rate being removed from certain RTX 30 cards. The latest driver update has undone the LHR that honestly most good crypto miners already found ways around, but it is now gone. Officially 
LHR is no more. Why would it be? What are you going to do? Mine Ethereum? Oh, wait, you can't. But we'll see how this affects the mining community. I have a feeling it's not going to do a whole lot, but we'll see. Chat's wondering what's going to happen with the 4080-12 gig. I don't think it's going to be the 4070. And I don't, it might end up being the 4070 Ti. Maybe they'll go ahead and call it the 4070 Super. Maybe the Super moniker will come back. Maybe, just maybe. Because I already think they they already have a 4070 planned. And based on what we've learned from EVGA and the fact on how early in the life cycle of these cards that prototypes start being made and production begins, I have a feeling the 4070 is already planned and is already out there in testing and going out there. Maybe even the box are, box are being made for the 4070. But you know what might just happen? To throw people for a real loop, they might just call it the 4075. Won't that confuse you? Whoa. The last digit can be something other than a zero? I'm not ready for this world. Oh, who am I kidding? If we've learned anything from the GTX 16 series, it's going to be the RTX... That's going to be the RTX 4076. No, 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 no. The RTX 4077... <laughs> And then others can make a cyberpunk thing about it or something. I don't know. We'll see what they do. It's going to be interesting because this is the first time that NVIDIA has ever unlaunched something. But then again, this is also the first time that NVIDIA has been blatantly caught in their absolute uh, top tier scammies in all of this. Uh, What can you do? What can you do? You know, getting back to our whole uh, the future looks bleaker sort of theme we started with there. Um, Netflix has announced that, in fact, you can now get Netflix for a new lower price. You all know where this is going. You all know exactly where this is going. Who here doesn't know where this is going? Someone in chat said they did this with the 1066 gig and 1063 gigs. Oh, yeah, no, I know. They've done this a couple of times. They also did this in the 1600 series, too. I forgot exactly. I want to say it was the 1660. They had a six and a three gig as well that, um was also kind of a hashed up card where there was a difference in the GPU as well. Oh yeah, no, this isn't the first time they've done it. It is the first time that they were called out enough that they stopped. That's the big thing. Anyway, back to Netflix. Netflix is now announcing that they have a new low starting price, but there's an asterisk next to it. Who knows what the asterisk is? You all know what the asterisk is. Yeah, the ad-supported Netflix model is now out starting at $7 a month. So real talk, is fi- is saving $5 a month worth watching ads? Uh, a chat, I'm, I'm guessing from chat's violent reaction to this, the answer is no. <laughs> Someone in chat asked, is it three minutes of ads for every hour of video and the video isn't paused? No, 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 no. It's three minutes of ads every half hour of the video and the video isn't paused. If we're gonna go ahead and and have our terrible Twitch comparison in this, we need to get it right. It's every half hour that Twitch wants their, wait, actually, is it every hour or half hour now? Cause they only remove pre-rolls every half hour, which is infuriating by the way. I do not want to go ahead and take a, fu- take a freaking two minute break every single freaking half hour. And I've got to go back to someone else's mod channel because I don't have access to these. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to get this right. Seven minutes of ads every hour. <laughs> That's terrible. And by the way, for that, I'm not kidding. 
even with that incentive plan, you still need to run ads every half hour. Otherwise you will, otherwise people will get a pre-roll ad. And let me tell you in the Twitch space, nothing is worse than a pre-roll ad. Cause be perfectly honest. If you're checking out someone new and you know nothing about them and you pop in their stream and you get an, and the first thing you get is a half hour ad. Are you going to sit through that? Considering the, how low the quality can be of a lot of new and starting up streamers that don't know any better. Odds are no, very, very, very few would ever want to do something like that. So the people taking these ad offers, which I'm not cool enough to get because I'm a scrub, have to go ahead and paste them to every half hour. Whee! Isn't that great? It's just great, isn't it? It's just, it's just fantastic. But Netflix going ahead and $7 a month with ads. It'll be hard to say how often the ads would be. Is it going to be something where it's just like, all right, here, here actually we go. Never mind. They actually do have all the, all the details. All right. The ad format at launch ads will be 15 or 30 seconds in length, which will play before and during shows and films to help advertisers reach the right audience and ensure our ads are more relative relevant to consumers. We offer broad targeting capabilities by country and genre. Advertisers will also be able to prevent their ads from appearing on content that might be inconsistent with their brand. So this unfortunately doesn't say how many ads would play in a row. Like for example, I have Hulu with ads. I don't know why I have decided to hate myself this much, but I do have Hulu with ads. I think I only save like $2. It's a terrible life decision, but their ads are only roughly like 10 to 30 seconds. But for each ad break, four of those play in a row. Unless I'm playing on my PC, then it has a hard time loading any of them and then none of them play. Whoops. Someone in chat says they saw an ad on a channel for an ad blocker. Brilliant. You know, not gonna lie. Assuming the ad blocker gets a um a good uh a good payday out of it, hey, they're doing really well. It's, they picked their target extremely well. Hey, are you sick of all this BS? We are too. Download this add-on. I can't fault them. It's brilliant. So that is the that is the thing. It is finally happening. Now then, back to the whole theme of future. Uh, Phil Spencer has accidentally shown off the Xbox cloud streaming device. Right up on his very top shelf in this picture, he just kind of oopsie-daisied. It's right there. While trying to show off this Vault-Tec, he also showed off the Logitech cloud, which now you clearly know that this whole thing was staged because no one in their right mind would have bought a Logitech Cloud. Other than to say they bought a Logitech Cloud and now can go ahead and put a troll review on Logitech's site. So by accident, they have revealed the Xbox streaming device no name, no named, codenamed Keystone. Could you imagine if they called that the Xbox series as well? It's, it's just like an Xbox. It just can't play games locally. It's great. It's so good, everyone. Don't you want an Xbox that can't play games locally and can only do it uh, over the... I'm telling you, these cloud streaming devices, if you expect these to sell for like any decent amount, you have to, have to, have to have the starting price be very low. We're going to take our last break here when we come back. I want to talk about the great saga that is Microsoft versus Sony versus Activision Blizzard. We will be back. 
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so we're, we're, we're doing a countdown now, waiting until Apple has to either only sell iPhones in Europe with USB-C or face fines. In the meantime, Apple has been hit with another find in Brazil based on their eco-conscious decision to sell iPhones without chargers. I don't know what I just said that tripped off the echo, but it did. And somehow mentioning the word echo did not trip off the echo, despite the echo being its keyword. No, none of what I just said triggered the echo, including that just now. I, I don't get it. But in any case, Apple has been, has been slapped with another fine. This one is going to be roughly $19 million to the Sao Paulo Court of Justice in Brazil. I do have to wonder, does Brazil plan on also going after all the Android phones that are also doing this? Because I'm not going to lie, a part of me would feel more joy than I actually should in watching everyone trying to copy Apple getting hit with this again. And someone in chat asked, didn't I cover, cover this before? We did. And it happened again. No, this is actually the same. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. So here's what it is. We covered this, this, we covered the, this going to court. That's what it is. This went to court back in September. This is the result. Apple has been fined $16 million or actually they've been fined 100 million. They were previous, they were fined actually 100 R dollar signs, which this website does not feel like translating into what that actually is. On top of that, previously, Apple also received a 20 million, um, I'll just call them Brazil dollars because nine to five Mac who is covering this did not feel obligated to tell us what Brazil dollars are. Echo, what is the name of currency in Brazil? It is the Brazilian real. That's what it is. So previously they were, they were charged 20 million reals. That sounds weird to say. I mean, I know that makes sense. I know it's going to make more sense in Brazil, they speak, they speak Portugal in Brazil, right? Portuguese, I mean, right? Today on things I don't know about Brazil, other than very, very fascinating uh, dash cam footage. I mean, I'm sure that sentence makes more sense, that, that the name real makes more sense in, yeah, Portuguese. Okay, I was right. And like, in English, calling currency real just sounds weird. <laughs> Welcome to culture differences. Wow. Anyway, an, an, enough about showing off my ignorance of other cultures and then fully admitting my ignorance of other cultures. This is, this is just Apple just tacking on fine after fine after fine after fine. So actually I was right. We covered a one before that was 20 million. This is a new one that's now a hundred million. I can't wait for the next one where, Brazil, where the court of Brazil charges 500 million reels, which actually might be enough to actually make a dent in, um, in Apple's wallet. Cause I mean, to keep an, by comparison, the 20 million reels is roughly 3.7 million US dollars. The 100 million reels is roughly 19 million US dollars. And when you're a, when, when your net worth as a company is like, it's over a trillion now, right? Like just barely millions don't really like make that much of an impact. 
which is crazy to think about, by the way. Now, granted, that $1 trillion is including the value of all of Apple's assets. So it's not like they have a trillion dollars of cash sitting in a bank vault somewhere. It's tied up in a giant space, spaceship-looking campus that they say is carbon neutral, but I start to wonder if it's just meant to take off and all their equipment and this, that, and the other thing. You get what I mean, I hope. Even so, though, when you're talking roughly 22 million USD, that's not much to them. All right, let's shift gears over to the Activision Blizzard deal. So we haven't talked about this in a while. I'm sorry, I can't let that comment go. Someone in chat said that, but that campus has clear glass walls. As opposed to opaque glass walls? <laughs> the, the, the concept of... I don't know why. The, the, maybe it's just because we're recording this really late in the, in the evening now. But just saying like, oh man, it has clear glass walls. How many other opacities of glass are there? Like most would just say there's either clear or, or translucent of some kind. Whether it be a frosted glass or a smoked glass or a stained glass or something like that. It's Anyway... Try not to get too distracted by silliness. The UK is stepping ha, was stepped was stepping in before in regards to Microsoft trying to uh, to purchase Activision Blizzard. In the meantime, Activision Blizzard is doing everything in their power to make their name have as little value as possible. I'm sorry, but I mean, how many of you are actually excited now when Activision Blizzard launches something? Like, it, it is actually impressive how quickly their name is just kind of gone. And they were a developer darling for the longest time. It's sad. It really is. But in any case, the UK is stepping in saying that this would create a monopoly of, and, and inflict antitrust. Now, we have my chat introducing more articles regarding glass and trying to distract me. But I'm going to ignore them. And can you to talk? The, Microsoft is saying that the, U, that the UK was in fact influenced by Sony and is now probing into the Activision Blizzard deal because of Sony. Now this gets really interesting because Sony is um, Sony is oddly not innocent in all this. Like they are trying to say that this would be terrible because of course if Microsoft gets activist, access to Activision Blizzard, every Call of Duty player will ditch Sony. That's been like one of their things they've been pushing that this kind of exclusivity that could possibly happen would be terrible. What's the biggest thing that the, the, uh, the PlayStation five has going for it. Yeah. It's kind of all their exclusives. Just, just, just a little, just, just, just a wee little bit. All the, all the exclusives they got going for them. Granted, it's a lot less now, now that, uh, uh, Square Enix has discovered the glory of releasing on both the PlayStation and the Epic game store. Someone in chat said it's so exclusive you can't buy the console. Oof. Yeah, there's Sony's other problem. You just can't buy the console at all. I'm actually now very curious if uh, the link I used to buy the PS5 finally went to sold out. Yep, it is out of stock. It took it long enough, but finally, finally, the link where I bought mine is no longer available. It finally sold out. All right, you, you, all right, all right, folks. It's it's official now. It's it's back to being a unicorn. It's unavailable. Oh no, never mind. You can now buy the PS5 with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Apparently. <gasps> oh man. Yep. Sure enough. Oh no, no, no. You can't yet. 
it won't be available until October 28th. Is this Sony's new pitch? <laughs> you can only get the PlayStation 5 if you buy another game. Because you can't buy the console alone. It's, it's always out of stock. It's only available in game bundles. What the fart? If anyone else can actually find locations where it is available, please let me know. Please let me know because this is this is actually starting to get very, very fascinating. The fact that apparently you can't get the PS5 from anywhere other than directly from Sony. So now they're not paying any retail outlets to actually hold their count consoles at all. And only with the game they want. Hmm. I'm not the only one that thinks this is really, really sus. Very, very suspicious. Someone in chat, I'm feeling very sarcastically is, is saying they were told that Walmart keeps them in back. You should try asking for them. I got a feeling the answer is no. No, they don't. I don't know. You know what? Let's go ahead. And since we're already so distracted from Sony and Microsoft pointing fingers at each other and seeing who can call the kettle black harder, let's just go ahead and go to walmart.com and see if there's any PlayStation 5s in stock. Let's take a look. PlayStation 5 console. And we go there and apparently they're available, but only at scalped prices. Yep. Going to walmart.com. Um, they are not available in any in stores, but only from third party sellers who are selling them for $150 plus higher than, um, I'm sorry. No, these are actually way higher. $200 plus from what the actual retail price is. Slow freaking clap. Anyway, back to Sony and Microsoft having a complaining match. Microsoft has gone on the record and said that the claim is silly because of, because in fact, the call of, because the PlayStation user base is significantly larger than the Xbox, even if every Call of Duty player ditched Sony, according to Microsoft. I want to see your statistics for that. Concerning the fact that the Xbox has been outselling the PS5, and this has actually been a very interesting little trend that we've been seeing that we're even in Japan, where the PlayStation should be king, the Xbox is outselling. I want to see those statistics. I really, really do. I'm very curious in these. I got a feeling you made that up. I got a gut feeling that is 100% made up because it just doesn't matter. Okay, well, someone in chat said the Switch is king in Japan. Okay, yes, the, the Switch is extremely popular in Japan too, mostly because Japan, you are very strongly restricted in space. So something like the Switch, which is very small and is still a very good gaming device is gonna be much more popular, especially since you can take it with you. Like, no, the Switch is, of course, king in Japan. We're not... The Switch isn't in this competition. We're talking between the Xbox and Sony. The Switch is in its own category. But moving on. And, uh, but this thing gets even stranger, because then Sony goes ahead and says that regular Call of Duty players are likely to switch to Xbox even without the exclusivity. Saying that because Microsoft could differentiate the Xbox versions of future games. That even if it didn't go exclusively, people are going to go ahead and switch over to the Xbox just because Microsoft owns the game and thus is going to be a far better experience or something. I'm more surprised that people care enough about Call of Duty that this matters. Who else is actually surprised by this? I, th I would have thought that they just wouldn't have cared. But here we are. It's still ongoing. 
the deal is being stalled. And I do wonder if by the time it's all said and done, if um, there's going to be much of Activision Blizzard. There's not going to be much of the Blizzard division left. That's for sure. And I do wonder how much of that stink is going to waft over to Activision as well. Someone in chat says that people can care lots about one game like Call of Duty or FIFA. Dude, FIFA's popularity is dropping drastically. It's actually kind of impressive. Like FIFA seemed like the franchise you couldn't F up. But uh, yikes. FIFA is slipping strongly. But of course now someone else other than EA has their hands in FIFA. So we'll see how that goes. I will never understand people's fascination with FIFA. It is one that, that baffles me. All right, let's talk about some new products. Microsoft announced their new Surface lineup. And, um, well, there are some interesting life choices as far as the Surface goes. So there is a new Surface Pro, Surface Laptop, and I want to make sure I get the name of the last device correct before I say it, and this page won't load correctly. And the Surface Studio is also brand new. So there are some interesting things about the Surface Pro. Let's first start with the actual Sur Surface Pro itself. So the Surface Pro 9 is going to be starting at $1,000, okay? So a little bit more expensive, but the tech specs are interesting to say the least because the Surface Pro 9 has two processor, or actually three processor options. We have the... 12th generation Intel with the Core i5-1235U, which is a quad-core processor. The 12th gen Core i7-1255U, which is a quad-core processor with 200 more megahertz. And the Microsoft SQ3 processor, which is something. In fact, that specifically is an ARM processor. Yeah, they merged the ARM version of the Surface Pro into the main line. Because consistent naming is for suckers, don't you know? Don't you love it when we have inconsistent naming and some radically different versions have, uh, you know, the same name? You should take a lesson from uh, NVIDIA. I'm just saying. What's even more annoying is the fact that the ARM version is the only one that can have a 5G modem in it. If you want cellular connectivity and you want x86 because that's going to be the gold standard compatibility with the modern day right now, you are SOL. If you want to know before you invest in this ARM-based Surface Pro 9, you are SOL. We know nothing other than it fast, lol. Trust me, bro. That it. In fact, actually, the variations between the lowest end and the highest end Surface Pros is minimal. It really is. Like I said, you start at $1,000. You can go all the way up to $2,400, but you're not getting a whole lot for that. I'm sorry, did I say $2,400? I meant $2,600. All you're getting for that is 32 gigs of RAM. More RAM than you could possibly use in your ultra low voltage processor. Like the top tier spec, this $2,600 model is stupid. You do not have enough processor to feed 32 gigs of RAM. You just don't. You don't have enough processor there to feed 16 gigs of RAM. Let's be perfectly honest. Like here, if you're going to go for this, here's what I would recommend. Get the $1,400 version, the one that has the, that has 26 gigs of storage, 16 gigs of RAM, and the Core i5. You think you want the Core i7? No, you don't. The difference is minimal, especially since it's an ultra low voltage processor. What's also interesting is the fact this ARM version, if you think you're going to go ahead and 
save money by going for the ARM version? It starts at $1,300. Someone in chat says they'd rather buy a Chromebook. You know the difference is between a Surface Pro and a Chromebook? Surface Pro can compute. One is a computer, the other is a poor life decision. I'll tell you this, I would definitely get a Surface Pro over a Chromebook every time. That also being said, there's a lot of other things I'd also buy before I bought a Surface Pro. Now the Surface laptops, you're probably expecting these to be very cost-effective options, right? You're not getting the premium of it being in a tablet form factor. So you have more space to work with. And the, oh yeah, by the way, the, key, the keyboard attachment for those Surface Pros is an insulting $300 extra. I forgot to mention that part. So all those prices, if you actually want the keyboard and the trackpad that you want, um, um, yeah, add 300. But of course, I mean, with these laptops, we, we must have, you know, more space to work with and thus be a better computer, right? Well, you see, they run on uh, the exact same ultra low voltage processors as the tablet, um, the exact same configurations of RAM, uh, the exact same configurations of hard drive or SSD in this case, um, a slightly bigger screen at 13.5 uh, inches or 15 inches. Your AMD options are completely gone. And um, at the very least, they start at uh, $1,000. And if you want the exact same configuration I recommended, that would be $1,500. So I guess you technically end up a little better if you compared to, you know, the Surface Tablet Pro with the uh, attached keyboard. Unless you wanted the 15-inch model, then it's, you know, not all that impressive at all. Starts at 1300 goes all the way up to 2400 Yeah, I'm, I'm just... These laptops are dumb. I'm sorry, they are. This kind of money for ultra-low voltage processors, that is an insane premium. And I also want to point out, these are all 12th gen. These are last gen parts. You're launching brand new products with, at the core, year-old parts at a premium price. Who are you, Apple? No, but if you think that's offensive, I haven't even begun. No, 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 the worst offender is the Surface Studio 2 Plus, which is their all-in-one, admittedly really cool-looking desktop computer. This sucker is equipped with a very unique design in which the screen adjusts and actually puts itself a very, a very good drawing angle with a fully responsive touchscreen. And this sucker is 28 inches. It's a very competent device. Until you realize that this thing is rocking a 11th gen 11370H processor and an RTX 3060 laptop GPU. If you're hoping this processor is some kind of monster, you will look it up on the arc like I am doing right now and find out that it is a quad core part that has a max turbo of 4.8 gigahertz, but sits at a, at a comfortable 3 gigahertz or 3.3, depending on how it feels, and is in fact a laptop part but it is a full wattage laptop part at 35 watts. So it has that going for it with a mobile RTX 3060. It has 32 gigs of RAM, one terabyte of storage. These are the only configs you have no option in this regards. And by the way, it starts, and by starts, I mean the only price is $4,500, 4,500 dollars. What on earth are you smoking? That is actually insane. Someone in chat said at least the stand is an extra. Oh, 
Thank God for that. Thank God that there, that the $1,000 stand is included as you're buying $600 worth of last two-year-old gaming laptop parts for $4,500. I used to be excited for the Microsoft launches. I used to be excited to see how these Surface products would evolve. And um, all I've seen them do is somehow successfully out Apple. Apple. You look at this and tell me this isn't exactly what Apple would do. It's insane. This is this is just completely unacceptable. This is inexcusable. It really, really is. All right. Let's rapid fire through our last story, shall we? First off, Valve put up for sale its official Steam Dock, but or the Steam Deck Dock. However, there are some software and firmware problems in regards to FreeSync issues, and they are currently working on a fix. Honestly, good on them. I'm a little surprised that that could actually be one of the reasons why they're holding off for so long on launching the Steam Deck dock, which just sounds like I said something very dirty, but I'm not 100% sorry. Anyway, remember, they, they were waiting a while to launch this dock, and this dock was actually one of the most compelling reasons to get a Steam Deck. Most likely, this is actually something to do with the software both in the dock and more importantly, actually in SteamOS itself. But I do believe that this will be handled and it will be fine. In other Valve news, they have actually removed the Steam Deck trailer that, or actually edited the Steam Deck trailer so that the Switch emulator icon was now gone. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder why that happened. Man, apparently uh, Nintendo wasn't too thrilled about the concept of legal emulation on the Steam Deck. Man, that's crazy. Crazy how Nintendo just absolutely hates anything but the most pure of original hardware and any kind of emulation, legal or questionably legal otherwise, is just absolutely frowned upon and immediately the worst is assumed. (laughs) Oh, man. It's moments like that that I don't really... uh, Some days, Nintendo. Some days. An update on Overwatch 2's launch... Uh, Overwatch 2 had a bug where apparently it was very easy while typing in chat to accidentally purchase items from the in-game store and then to just unlock things. Complete accident. Complete accident. Well, Overwatch 2 has now fixed this bug. They will not be issuing any refunds because of this bug. That quote, all those unlocks are meant to be final. What saddens me most about this is that Blizzard will get away with this. That's what disappoints me the most. Because all the people who would complain about this are gone. And I want you to remember this. Unless Blizzard later backtracks, that enough blowback comes to them and they backtrack from this. This is what Blizzard is now. They are the ones that put it that, I'm not going to say they intentionally did it, but have a bug that made them more money and refuse to do the right thing. Remember that. It is very important that you remember this isn't the blizzard of back in the day where they were for gamers by gamers, that they were an outlet in which they made creative and unique games. They now exist exactly as we feared they would when Activision bought them and Bobby Kotick took charge. They are soulless, money-grubbing monsters. And if you ever doubt it, 
you ever want to try and explain away oh well diablo immortal was not done by blizzard themselves they just had a little bit of a hand and uh, part part of tencent went ahead and made it it wasn't actually uh blizzard that had handed it and oh no no um uh, they just went to this very predatory model of the battle pass because every other free-to-play game went that route and that's the way to have everything go it's it's the future of of free-to-play games it's it's what's needed for the franchise to survive oh no no a cash shop and a subscription is necessary in an mmo that's producing no new content no it's necessary that's that's what's needed to survive you keep telling yourself that my counterpoint will still be when they had a chance to do the right thing morally and really if anyone wanted to try and challenge us in court the legal right thing to do blizzard said no because that's who they are in more exciting news the tesla semi has been spotted we haven't seen an update of the tesla semi in a very very long time so this is actually very exciting we get to see the tesla semi any sort of changes and tweaks that's been done to it um well here's what we've seen the tesla semi is in fact broken down and being rescued i will point out a few interesting changes i've noticed on this thing uh first off it does look a little bit different from what we saw so first off the side skirt's a little different based on the model we saw previously the other thing that's interesting is the fact that it now has large mirrors the previous tesla semi didn't it used cameras so apparently elon lost that fight they are now actually gonna be going back to mirrors and i'm not gonna lie um Elon's whole thing for uh, trying to say that um, electric trucks are far superior to diesel because they break down less often and a lot more uptime, it doesn't bode well when uh, the only one spotted in, in the wild is being towed away. I'm not saying that's a permanent black eye. I'm saying that's not a good sign when you're trying to go ahead and say that you're more reliable and the first time you see them is being towed away. And this could actually just be a simple, let's, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest here. It is very possible that all this was, was just like a software bug and it didn't report its battery correctly and it's just being towed away because it ran out of juice. That is very possible. At this point, we just don't know. The actual video does show a, um, wait a minute here. It is showing actually another, uh, which truck is that that's next to it? It is showing another semi truck next to it. It looks like an international LT is right next to it as well so it's i actually don't know what's going on there it's possible that international lt was brought in to take the load i don't see any damage on the tesla semi i don't think it crashed the cab and the trailer are very off but that could just be a fact that you're trying to hook up in this off ramp that they're in it's hard to say exactly but at least we know it works at least there's evidence that it's out there all right Let's talk about the ball pit. So I actually don't recall if we talked about it on Eagle Eyes on Tech or not, but there was something that uh, was launched. There was something that launched um, at TwitchCon. There's a lot of various venues at TwitchCon. A lot of people said that there, a lot of people, a lot of rumors were floating around that uh, there was some wheelchair accessibility problems at TwitchCon. Uh, people were saying that some staff were very rude. I've, it's hard to say. I have a hard time taking 
every single complaint that happens at TwitchCon at face value just because a ton of people want to go ahead and rip on Twitch right now because they're a very, very easy target. You really need some kind of, you need evidence if you want to go ahead and rip on pretty much anyone, really. If you want to go ahead and rip on Twitch right now, you really do need some solid evidence because it's very easy for someone like me to just say, well, that's, that's just hearsay and it's just an easy target and all that jazz. The foam pit is such evidence. So here's what happened. At TwitchCon, there is a glad, what I call a gladiator foam pit. The styling of this thing is that you have two pedestals surrounded by foam blocks around a pit. Two people go in, go and stand up on the platform, hit each other with foam noodles, and try to knock each other off. It's actually very reminiscent to an old uh, TV show called American Gladiators. It was kind of one of the mini games in, in it. And everything about what I said is actually fine. Foam blocks are actually very commonly used by stunt performers to absorb very tall falls, assuming you have enough of them and they're laid out correctly. It's not all that uncommon. One other detail I want to point out is the people running this. It was Lenovo Legion and Intel. A lot of people were quick to say that Twitch shouldn't be running this. They weren't. In fact, very clearly, in the clip that goes viral, you can see Lenovo Legion and Intel in broad freaking it, it's very obvious that they're running this now everything about this is fine there's one detail missing it is the depth of the pit this pit appears to only be a foot and a half deep now i am not a stunt expert i am not a safety coordinator i am a computer enthusiast part-time comedian entertainer and i run a commercial laundromat but even I can tell you this thing needed to be at least six feet deep to be able to absorb an impact if, say, someone willingly jumped off the platforms. This was very dangerous. And in fact, it was very dangerous. Two different people, at least, went to the hospital, one of which had to have emergency surgery to have a rod inserted next to her spine because her spine was broken in two places. Chad is debating whether it needed to be whether it needed to be 6, 10 or 15 feet deep. I'm saying 6 feet minimum. At least then you would have had a lot of extra distance to absorb that. Like a lot of the ones that I've seen in like um in like Corridor Crew channel when they go ahead and go behind the scenes of that sort of thing and show how stunts are done, those pits are usually 10 to 15 deep, 15 feet deep and they're going ahead and doing like multiple story falls. So I wouldn't say 10 to 15. I think that's a bit overkill. I think six would be well above adequate. Whatever the heck they had here, whether it's one and a half feet, two feet, one foot, six inches, whatever the heck this is, it doesn't take a genius to figure out this was a bad decision. Now, a lot of people are quick to blame Twitch. I don't know what Twitch's involvement is with this. I don't know whether... Twitch had any sort of oversight in this being set up or not because it could go either one of two ways either a Twitch just rented out the space in their convention to Legion Intel or they were partnered up with it and helped with the setup in which case Twitch is liable 
And by the way, before anyone else tries to say, oh, they signed a waiver, they can't go ahead and sue. Oh, yes, they can. The exact letter of the waiver, of course, is going to matter a lot, but this still falls under negligence. And then also creating a false sense of security by providing this kind of foam, th this kind of padding, and providing such an insignificant amount of it that it, in fact, created the illusion that you were safe and you absolutely weren't. Yeah, no, this is gross negligence, as someone in the chat just, well, not really said, but came close enough to saying so no there i i guarantee you i can't guarantee you but i would be stunned if the streamers who had to go to the er are not talking to lawyers right now and it would not surprise me at all if in the next couple of weeks lawsuits came down to either twitch lenovo intel or some combination of those three so that is my take on it all right so before we immediately blame Twitch, I don't know what their involvement is. I still don't. I have a feeling we're never going to know until the inevitable lawsuit does come. In either way, I'll, I'll just say this much as far as Twitch. Someone should have said something. Like I said, I'm not an expert at all. And I've seen enough on YouTube to know that is nowhere near enough. Someone in chat says all, all three are likely to be implicated. I think they'll try to go for all, again, a lot of it's going to depend on the waiver. The language of that waiver is going to matter a lot. And it's not going to be like how ironclad is that waiver. It's going to be where specifically that waiver is weak. Because that waiver tries to say like, oh, Lenovo specifically guarantees your safety and all that jazz. Oh, then they're going to go straight for Lenovo and ignore the other two. I think that's going to be the only way all three are not implicated. So the, the language of the waiver is going to matter a lot because that waiver can be thrown back at them. Not always can a waiver be your ironclad shield in the court of law. Sometimes your bad language gets you in trouble. And that's why I say that's going to matter. But again, not a lawyer, not a legal expert, just a guy who has seen how this sort of thing, how this sort of thing goes down enough to go, hmm, I should get the popcorn. This is going to be interesting. But, you know, let's get to the sillier things. Let's instead talk about how we, we are starting to reach the frontier, the limit of random things we can get running Doom. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the newest device that can run Doom is notepad.exe within Windows. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not! <laughs> yes, Doom running at about 15 frames a second in constant refreshing ASCII art in Notepad. I'll be honest. I'm not surprised that it was done. I am more surprised someone found the willpower to get it done. That surprises me more than the end result. The fact that there was enough drive to get the end result. I just want to know how long until Doom is playable on an actual notepad. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen. But, you know, may, a lot of you would have thought that would have been the last burb. That would have been the weirdest story of the week. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Not even close. Not by a long shot. Is that the weirdest story of the week? Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the last burb, the last story of the, the, last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, 
lab-grown neurons, artificial brain cells, in a Petri dish have learned how to play Pong. I mean, that's it. That's it. We're done. We, we, can, we can grow a brain that's, that's smart enough to play Pong. Like, why do you need me? That's it. We can make people now. That's all we need. Play video games. That's all we needed in life. Look, I just want to know, all right, how does it feel as it's playing Pong? Like, can we measure that yet? And how long until it can learn how to play chess? And then how well can it play chess? Because look, I'm just saying, I know a guy, if we're going to start talking about weird ways to play video games, I know a guy that's looking for a unique way to get an edge up in playing chess as it is. Uh, I, I know we haven't talked about that whole, uh, that whole, ch the whole chess kerfuffle as it is, but man, that that's also one that uh, is just weird, man. You know, you'd think I'd have more to say about this. We, we've got, we we're growing gamer brains in a lab, but pretty much all I can do is just blink speechless and just go, well, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the most futuristic thing we've seen here because it sure, he sure as heck isn't the metaverse. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast. The Early Bird Briefing airs every single morning at 5 a.m. Or I'm sorry, 2 a.m. It's, it's, it's late where I'm recording this. It's almost midnight as we're recording this. We went really late. But I also urge you to check out my other content, eaglefalcon.card.co. You can find my Twitch page, my YouTube channel, everything there. I promise more is coming eventually. I just keep staring at this article regarding the uh, brain cells in a dish learning how to play Pong. And I'm just waiting for the whole article to just turn out to actually be a complete fiction and it being the tease to the next latest Metal Gear game and that Kojima is actually back on board. Because this does sound like the start to like we taught artificial brains how to how, how to play Pong. And it was the first step to making complete cyborg soldiers or some nonsense like that. You don't tell me you don't see it. You know as well as I do. Kojima would totally, totally start off a game like that. Because he's just that weird of a guy. <laughs>